0: Welcome to Songs in the of a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands. Those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. Here's a little parlour game for you to play with your nearest and dearest as the nights draw in yet deeper and darker. Count from one to any number of your choice using song titles. That's the whole premise of this episode. We're going to go from one to ten, and it's been a bit harder than I thought it would be. Who knew that aside from a couple of particularly obvious Beatles numbers, there are very few songs featuring the numbers 8 or 9 out there in the big wide world. There's no Beatles on this list. Neither is there any music from one David Bowie, the artist behind V2 Schneider, five years, or seven years, in Tibet. Instead, I've cast my net across a wide range of styles from 60s Yaya to late 2010s stream-baked pop via 90s Indie, 70s pub rock, and a good old bit of experimental electronica. You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? I first heard the song One on the soundtrack to Paul Thomas Anderson's excellent film Magnolia, as performed by Amy Mann, who, with the exception of a couple of offerings from Supertramp, provided much of the soundtrack. I featured Wise Up from that movie soundtrack in my Songs in the Key of Cinema a good old while back. The thing I didn't realise was that One isn't an Amy Mann original, it was actually created by Harry Nelson and features on his album Aerial Ballet. Over those persistent keyboard chords, the mournful cello, when is a cello anything other than mournful, and the fluttering flute, the lyrics are delicate and poignant and heartbreaking. The end of a relationship boiled down to plain old mathematics.
1: One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do Two can be as bad as one It's the loneliest number since the number one Mm. No is the saddest experience you'll ever know
0: We've probably established by now that I do like me a bit of ambient electronica, the kind of thing where melody and rhythm are the last thing on the minds of the creators. Bizarre then that I haven't yet got round to playing anything by one of the godfathers of experimental electronica, Brian Eno. Thanks to my decision to force my own hand by only playing songs with numbers in the title, I have fortunately been reminded of Eno's Music for Films album, which includes the track Two Rapid Formations. It's a shimmering piece of ethereal wondrousness with sounds swooping around over plodding bass notes. There are wheezing keyboards that recall the sounds of Kraftwerk, and various percussive elements which all go to create a rather spooky sounding affair. In 2003, I remember getting caught up watching a documentary about an up-and-coming singer on the BBC. It was called The Nine Lives of Alice Martineau and it was utterly captivating. Alice Martineau had started out in her career as a model, but felt hindered by her cystic fibrosis, a congenital disease affecting the lungs and digestive system. She would get breathless easily, so would turn up to modelling auditions and assignments very early to ensure no one saw her having problems with her breathing as she went upstairs and made her way along the corridors. She'd loved singing, but always thought that her illness would prevent her from gaining success as a singer. Nevertheless, she once explained in an interview that she discovered she had a powerful voice and that I really could sing. She regularly performed around London, but had difficulty getting a record deal because of her illness, which she said put people off signing her. Eventually, though, thanks to support from Robbie Williams's manager David Enthoven, she managed to secure a deal with Epic, and her album Daydreams came out in November 2002. It's a beautiful album full of vitality, a pop album with an urgent edge to it. Three Colours Blind from that album is typical of the sound on the record which recalls a similar style to what New Order sounded like at the time. It's a song of strength and intensity which pretty much sums up everything we know about Alice Martineau. I'm looking towards my new day. I'm running free. In my new way. I'm loving me. Alice Martineau spent all this time recording and then promoting the album while awaiting rare liver and lung transplants, which never came. She died on the 6th of March 2003, but she left behind her a phenomenal album.
1: Are you thinking of me as you
0: tried believe me i have really tried to limit myself when it comes to playing half man half biscuit songs on this podcast series and in fact so far i've only done it once appropriately enough on the songs in the key of comedy episode from a few months back but with this numerically themed show i can fight off the temptation no longer we're going to have a bit of four skinny indie kids not least because there was a time I thought Nigel Blackwell was actually singing about foreskins. Four skinny indie kids from the album, with an equally numerically themed title of Four Lads Who Shook the Whirl, is a celebration, of sorts, of life at the beginning of a career in a band. Drinking wheat lager in a Camden boozer, sending off tapes to Steve Lemack, and of course, slagging off the majors till they dangle us out wages. Oh, plus there's a musical borrowing of a melody from South Pacific's There Is Nothing Like a Dane, just because... Sanskrit Long before she took on the BBC Six Music Breakfast Show, long before presenting the Mercury Awards or the Culture Show or anything like that, Lauren Laverne fronted the band Kinnicky. 5am from the 1998 album Get In is a slow-paced, trip-hoppy piece of downbeat indie dirgery, which is pretty representative of the mood of the album as a whole, compared to the more punk-pop vibe of their previous outing at the club. 5am is a disturbing song about being lost, disoriented and very much not in a safe place. It eloquently captures the sense of being out of it and scared, all of which makes it possibly the standout song on the album, one of those tracks where it's a shame it got lost under all the indie landfill of the time.
1: When you Bye
0: Lately, I've been listening a lot to Manson's debut album from 1997, Attack of the Grey Lantern. Sometimes there are albums that refuse to come off your record player, out of the CD drawer, or off your phone's playlist. And for a while, in the last week or so, Attack of the Grey Lantern was just such a beast. Paul Draper, the lead singer, calls it half a concept album, a con album, which, by the time you reach the hidden track an open letter to the lyrical Trainspotter, with its confession that the lyrics aren't supposed to mean that much, proves itself to be more than just a witty play on words. But I'm not here to talk to you about that. I'm here to talk to you about the opening title track from Manson's second album, Six, which bustles around with a medley of different melodies, a kind of late 90s answer to the prog rock behemoths of yesteryear. At heart it's a soul-searching anthem for all youths who consider themselves doomed. You see, my life its a series of compromises anyway, it's a sham, and I'm conditioned to accept it all, you see. If ever there was a song to play on your Walkman in the sick form common room as you watched everyone else seeming to have more fun than you, this was it. definitely do like is the occasional compilation album. Among the many various artist CDs I have lining the top shelf of my CD collection you know after the comedy spoken word stuff and the classical but before the general A to Z of bands and artists is Anders Trent Merler's contribution to the Late Night Tales series of compilations. Perfectly designed for a return back from the pub chatting with your mates through a mildly drunken haze while someone puts the toast on. Trent Merler's selection includes the beatnik sound of Jacqueline Tayeb's Cet heures de Matin, in which she half sings, half talks over a basic blues riff in French. My GCSE level French is rather rusty, so the only bits I recognise are her reference to The Who's Talking About My Generation and of course uh, One Bumbudu Bumble, One Bamboo. It's wonderfully, seductively marvelous. And it goes like this.
1: Les <laughs> 7h du matin. Faut se réveiller. Oh, je sommeille. Voilà un peu de musique pour se mettre en train. Je sais pas moi, quelque chose comme. Talking about my generation. Ouais, c'est pas tout à fait ça. Je trouve ma brosse à dents passé celle-là encore. Euh, la bleue est à mon père, la rouge est à ma mère, la jaune est à mon frère. J'avais pas vu ma brosse à dents. Tiens, on est lundi aujourd'hui. Ah, oh, pour demain, j'ai un devoir d'anglais. Mmh, j'aimerais bien avoir pour ma Pour
0: m'aider. To my immense surprise I find that for the second time on this podcast I'm featuring a song by Billie Eilish There's something very captivating about Billie Eilish That understated vocal that shows a mastery of the singing and songwriting process Eight from her debut album When We All Fall Asleep Where Do We Go Is a particular example of that understated mastery Sung over a delicately strummed ukulele and incidental moments of those low throbbing bass sounds that are pretty much a trademark. Eight is a beautiful song about not feeling appreciated, a feeling lost, unlonely and used. Wait a
1: minute. Let me finish I know you don't care. But can you listen? I came committed Guess I overdid it I just never know how you feel. Do you even feel anything? In 1954,
0: Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller The brains behind some of the biggest hit records of the 50s and 60s, Hound Dog, Fools Fall in Love and Stand By Me, for example, wrote a song by the name of Riot in Cell Block No. 9, which was recorded in that year by The Robins. Since then, it's been recorded by a long, long list of artists, Wanda Jackson, Johnny Cash and Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi in their guise as the Blues Brothers. But I first heard the song thanks to the electrifying version, Recorded by Dr. Feelgood. That abrasive guitar, the calculated malice of the drums, Lee Brillo's snarling vocals. It's the sound of a tinderbox about to go off, and it's bloody brilliant.
1: certain time for um robbery mm-hmm. Four o'clock in the morning and I was sleeping in my cell I heard a whistle blow Like
0: four, and like the prison Sophia Khan initially came to the public eye as part of a clash between the far-right and anti-fascists in 2017 when she stood calmly gazing into the eyes of an English Defence League activist. If that wasn't enough to attract the attention of the specials well known in their own right for anti-fascist, anti-racist activism, then maybe the fact she was wearing a specials t-shirt at the time sealed the deal. They offered her a free ticket to one of their gigs, and then from there, she ended up appearing, rather prominently as it happens, on their 2019 album Encore. Khan is the guest vocalist on the track Ten Commandments, a response to Prince Buster's song of a similar name from 1967, which lists a decalogue of instructions to his girlfriend to say that song hasn't aged well would be an understatement take commandment number three for example remember to kiss and caress me honor and obey me in my every whim and fancy seven days a week and twice on sundays because at no time will i ever be tired of i t it it makes you wince just reading it. Uh, Sophia Khan makes it absolutely crystal clear that her collaboration with the specials is a reaction directly to Prince Buster's song, not only through the stylistic similarities of the delivery, but by making reference to him in Commandment Number 1. Thou shalt not listen to Prince Buster or any other man offering kindly advice in matters of my own conduct. The lyrics continue with nine more blistering observations about women's experiences in the 21st century. Over the characteristically heavy scar and dub rhythms with sweeping strings and that haunting organ sound, her lines are witty, savage, and altogether brilliant. Take, for example, the lines about catcalling. Thou may catcall me on the street, but thou should take note that I'll catcall you right back, To tell you that you look pretty sexy too in your joggers or your suit or your newfound look of confusion. There's a deep sorrow as she rails with as much frustration that she's still having to say it as she is frustrated that she's saying it at all against men who believe women deserve sexual assault because her skirt was too short. She started it because she looked at him and he finished it because he wanted to. And they'll bring out her skirt as Exhibit A before the judge. It's a phenomenal tune. A powerful expression of an intelligent, passionate soul fighting injustice through the medium of words and music. In an interview with The Guardian, she explained, It's not a man-hating track. It's not saying to women, throw away your makeup and become a militant feminist. What it's about is common sense with how we treat each other. I love it.
1: not turn on each other or use man-made ideals like pars. Don't you realize that you're only making a fool of yourself when you ask, why don't you wear makeup? Is that what it takes to impress a bloke whose brain is made up of promises of curvy-sized zeros and anti-gravity tits? Too short. Sure.
0: Of the numbers 1 to 10. I hope you enjoyed them. Let me know what you thought on Instagram by responding to the post about this particular episode. Which songs with a number in would you have included, given half the chance? Don't forget you can listen to all these songs in full by heading over to Spotify to listen to the bespoke playlist for this episode. I'll be back sooner or later with songs in the key of something or other else. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights. Till we meet again.